Hey y'all, I'm Kendallin. And I'm Brandy. And this is God and Lemonade. The podcast that talks about all the sweet and sour things that happen to us and how God is in the center of it all. Let's get to it. Hey girl, hey. Hey. Yay, Brand, we are back. Yes. With episode two. Numero. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and were you just talking about me and my Spanish? Right. And mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um <laughs> So today we are, you know what, we're just going to get right in there, just get into the meat of it all and talk about church hurt. Wow. That's a serious topic. Kind of heavy. Yeah, it's a very serious topic. Uh, And so with us today, so excited, we have, yes, Robbie Lou, or Robin, if you want to call her by her real name. (laughs) Yeah, why? Uh, with us, so yay, our first guest. First guest. And so, she'll join us a little later, um, to talk about her own personal journey through church hurt. So, I can't wait to hear that. Me too. I'm excited. So cool. So, all right, let's get into this church hurt. Like, what is church hurt? Like, what does that even mean? Right. Tell me about it, Keith. Oh, okay. Uh, guess I'll tell you about it. Uh, so I think church hurt is basically what it says: someone being hurt inside of the walls of the church or by somebody who they highly respect or trust in the church. So that could definitely be a lot of things. Um, church hurt just goes so deep. It could be from just another member that you thought knew God in such a way that mistreated you, or a pastor that mistreated you or said something that you didn't particularly agree with. Um, maybe some, <laughs> right, personal, <laughs> personal, uh, or someone, uh, maybe doing something to you as a child or even as an adult, that's inappropriate. That's not, you know, a part of God's word, maybe some type of sexual abuse happened in church. Yeah. Um, it could also be for kids maybe who grew up who have, parents that are pastors and maybe their parents were one way in the pulpit and then another way at home and it just didn't match and so now it's just kind of like no more church for me uh so there are so many different reasons why uh people experience church hurt um I don't think I had ever personally identified with church hurt until recently and my church hurt is like real low-key okay it's just like real low-key it's not even like the biggest issue ever um but for me I just personally recently experienced um my pastor making a statement that really kind of confused me and I didn't really understand uh where he was aligning with Christian principles especially that of like what Jesus represents when he made that statement, um, so yeah, so that's been my recent experience, which I thought was so funny. I was like, oh my gosh, like we're about to talk about church hurt. And then I just have this kind of situation where it's a person I really respected who said something that made me kind of go like, hmm. God trying to tell us something, right? Right. <laughs> At least that's, you know, how I felt initially. So, uh, but I think the biggest thing that I had to remind myself and, you know, through the research that I've been doing until we got up to talk about this is that 
you just cannot put your hope in man. Right. Like, it's not about the people in the building or the people that make up the church or your pastor. It's about your direct relationship with God. And I think that's what I have really tried to focus on. Right. Uh, But initially, it was kind of like... I'm not going to go to church anymore until I figure out exactly what it is that this man was trying to say. And I know that me stepping away from church is just a way for, like, the enemy to slip in and keep me away from church, you know? It's like, yeah, in my mind, like, I'm going to use this time to figure out, like, what was really going on. Do I fit with this church anymore? And then, meanwhile, the devil has other plans. He's probably going to put things in my path to keep me further and further away from God. You know, really, I think I'm stepping away from the church, but the devil's going to slide in and keep me away from God. And that would be the bigger issue. Right. And it's so important that like you recognize that, right? So Mm -hmm. like most people have that natural reaction as to um, they're hurt by a person in the church or get that church hurt. And you just like, Oh, I can't go to that church. I can't trust this person, and they just shut off. They stop mm-hmm. going to church. They uh, stop affiliating with God, and that the devil has an opportunity to slide right in, right? So mm-hmm. the fact that you were able to correct your thought process, because initially, yeah, you're going to be taken back for a moment, mm-hmm. upset, angry. You go through the five stages of grieving, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know for real. You, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a series, right? So you went yeah. through those, but you were able to correct your thinking, like no stinking yeah. thinking, right? Like, yeah. Ooh, no stinking <laughs> thinking. In my situation, trust me, is like the surface of surfaces, like of church hurt that a person can experience. Um, I don't think you should downplay it, though. I mean, it's a church hurt. Yeah. You felt some type of way. Yeah. And you literally reconsider your church that a place that you call home that you right one of my favorite places ever right um and I think it was such a big deal because I realized that like that's one of the places outside of like at home alone I guess like in my bed that I'm just most vulnerable like you just let all your walls down there like you're just very open to things at church so it's just kind of like you want to feel like it's a safe place and that right. you can go there and your expectations will be met, I guess, which is kind of wrong. You know, I think the only expectation one should have is that, like, God will show up and God will work in your life. But sometimes we forget, you know, because we're looking at the man or the people all the time that we forget, like, our total focus is on God, which but I still think that you should have a church home that's right for you. Correct. Uh, but sometimes it could be small things that maybe God is saying you still need to be connected to this church. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you do need to switch churches. But at the end of the day, your soul focuses on God. Like, God did not hurt you. Like, the person in their own behavior hurt you. But it wasn't totally God. So, um, I was listening to a sermon. And I forgot what it was about. Um, I think the pastor's name is can't remember his name, so never mind. But uh, I listened to him a lot. And he had a sermon about something totally off topic. But then a person asked a question about how do you deal with church hurt if somebody has hurt you in the church? And so I thought his response was really good. He said that 
the vulnerability is in your experience with God and God alone, not in man. Um, and then he referred to Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, which says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So I just thought that was so, like, such a powerful and just, like, real answer. Um, although I think church hurt is a very complicated thing, I feel like the answer is very simple. Right. Um, and so I, I was like, yeah, I'm digging that. So I had to definitely refer to that when it came to myself, you know, like, I need to pray for this man and just love him anyway and not step away from um, getting together with other Christians as in church on Sunday. Uh, to stay connected to God in that way. That's good. Have you had any church hurt experiences? Uh, of course. Um, I can talk about my church hurt, which has happened at the same church. Um, <laughs> yeah. can talk about a leadership change. Yeah. So um, once I, when I first started attending the church that I attend, we had this awesome dynamic pastor mm -hmm. that... I just loved. He was just so real and so quirky and corny and relatable. Mm -hmm. it, it's what really drew, drew me into the the church as well as the praise and worship. So I definitely um, enjoyed going to church during his reign there. And he founded the church. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit weird when um, he had an incident of infidelity yeah in his marriage with another person that attended our church yeah and so it segregated the church like so people were upset and angry and just confused mm -hmm. and feeling all kinds of emotions and they couldn't work through it so people stopped attending the church mm -hmm. they bashed the church like i remember reading headline news like yeah. the church made the news right behind this quote-unquote scandal out there for a little while like <laughs> yeah so um it was kind of weird for me uh because i had all this trust in this man this one man i mm -hmm. mean i guess i put him on a higher pedestal mm -hmm. and and we do we expect our our the leaders of our churches to walk a different walk than we do uh, because they are leaders of a flock and so with me holding him to this standard for God totally forgot that he was man first right <laughs> uh, so I was upset with him it's like how in the world could he do this <laughs> right. to his sweet little wife but could you? and family but you're super holy why would you <laughs> right, right right um but it took some time I I toyed with as you did, uh, not attending church, but glad that I didn't. I had small group. I had mm -hmm. a small group to fall back on and encourage me to keep going, keep pushing. Like, I can remember conversations vividly, like people telling me not to put my trust in man. Like, mm -hmm. he's at the end of the day, he's a man. Right. And so he's entitled to make mistakes, and you have to get over that and move forward. So I never left the church. I never questioned after after that date. 
I never question uh, his motives or yeah. anything of that sort. And they brought in a new pastor, and he's just as dynamic. And mm-hmm. I grow from him, learn from him, love him just as well. Yeah. Um, so my church hurt was a little bit different uh, because of the experience. But still but a traumatic still, yeah. experience, and which is kind of weird because obviously we were at the church at the same time, and I never considered leaving the church then. I think then I don't know if I was just in a much better like spiritual place that I, that I was just like, he's a man, he makes mistakes. Like leaving the church never crossed my mind. Um, I never felt like bamboozled. Like it sucked. It was a weird transition because you did feel like you're losing somebody very important to you. Yeah. But I think the pastor that they brought in because we were so comfortable with him, like, that was kind of cool. I think this time around, while I was kind of like, okay, I'm side-eyeing y'all, it's because it was based around this election, which has been, which has had so much controversy anyway. And so you weren't at church that Sunday, but the pastor was just telling us how we had this voting thing on our website and that he said that we just need to go click on it, you know, we need to go visit it because... We have to know the policies that are important to us as Christians. So that just kind of left me like, well, what policies are you talking about exactly? Like, what things are important to us as Christians? Um, Because I just think, just with the theme of our church and just, like, the Christian I have grown to be, I feel like all I know to do is just to walk in love. Like, no judgment. Like, you know, just give people the freedom to be them. But hopefully that, like, um, walking in love that God would show through that and that would draw people to you. So then I was kind of confused because it was a political thing. And then, you know, obviously traditionally the policies that Christians would be concerned with are more conservative policies. And then the conservative candidate was out of control. (laughs) And he, you know, said a lot of things that were very hateful to a lot of groups. So I just could not, girl, I am still, okay, (laughs) trying to get my heart together um, to figure out how I feel about that. And just knowing, like, the heart of our pastor, I'm pretty sure, like, when it was said, it wasn't, like, said out of, like, any kind of malicious place. But being, you know, me, <laughs> representing a minority in the audience, I was just kind of, like, clutching pearls, like, what are you saying? <laughs> okay? Because, like, I need to know. All right. Uh, So I really have been dealing with that, Uh, but... I just keep trying to tell myself, like, he's a man. Maybe he didn't say it clearly. It could be a lot of things. And I really feel like it's not that it's, like, a crazy reason to, like, step back from a church. But I think it is important to know, like, where your leaders stand, too. So it's kind of like, uh. But anyway, but, you know, I'm still trying to keep with Jesus. So it's all good. Yeah. It's going to be all to the good. Yeah. But as we said, like, church hurt goes far why deep i mean so many people have different experiences uh and so we'll be right back to hear from robin about her experience hey guys we are back and we are here with robin hey robin hey y'all uh and so i'm so excited to have our first guest in the mobile stewed okay because we don't have a real studio uh (laughs) to talk to us about church hurt so rob uh tell us about your personal experience with church hurt 
All right, first, let me say thank you guys for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, Thanks for coming. No problem. My experience with Church Hurt was probably very dramatic. I grew up in the church. I grew up in a certain denomination, and I never left. Like, even as an adult, I stayed at my home church. And so I was called into the ministry, and I accepted my call at my home church, and I preached for a good six years, and then I found myself pregnant and not married. And so you would think that the church would be shunful or condemning, and I had a few that were, but for the most part, the members embraced the new life that I was going to be bringing to the world. I think personally, because I was so old, I was 33 when I was pregnant, that they were like, about time, girl. I'm, so <laughs> I'm just glad you having a baby. And so they kind of overlooked the sin a little bit. But um, I cannot. <laughs> so that's not the church hurt that I experienced. Um, I had to really hustle and shake back um, after my son was born because I never gave up my ministry. Like I had to sit down the entire pregnancy and during my um, my nursing stages, I had to just, you know, be silenced. I guess that was the, the repercussion for what I had done. But I know God is a forgiving God. I know God is a merciful God. And I felt like the church wasn't as representative of God as I felt they should have been. But that's not where my hurt came from because I kind of withstood that and I just kept moving. I made an awesome comeback, um, went back to preaching, went back to business as usual. And um, I ended up leaving my home church. And I think the pastor there got upset. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost like I went to another church that was closer to the house that I was moving to. Just trying to get things set up for myself and my son because I'm a single mom. And I just kind of like to get things done decently and in order because nobody's going to have time once you bring a baby into the situation so I moved my membership and that's when all hell sort of broke loose it was almost like this man was out to get me for whatever reason um there were issues with me transferring from one church to another um and then the coupe de grace was Somebody, and I still don't know who did it, but somebody spread a really, really nasty, vicious rumor about myself and my son's godfather, who was also in the ministry. And at that point, um, I was reprimanded for a rumor. Mm-hmm. So I was punished for something that was not proven. They didn't even ask me if it was true. It was just, you have to go to another church. You can't go to this church. It just so happens we joined the church of my son's godfather because they're family to us, and it was just good being in a family environment. And so when that happened, I kind of had to pull back and say, you know what, this isn't right, and I can't move forward from this. Um, There's no character recovery when you are punished for a crime you did not commit 
but everybody is acting as though you did. I can't stay here. And so after much prayer, um, God released me from the church. Now, I've been out of church now for May, June, July, August, September, October, November, seven months. I do not have a church home. And while in the beginning there was this, this very good sense of freedom, I could go anywhere, I could worship anywhere, I could try something new. Um, the traditions of the church, I didn't have to continue to, pre to prescribe to. There's the other side of, of that kind of hurt, and that is you leave your covering. And so now I have this wonderful freedom, but I also have these demonic forces that plague me now because my covering is gone. And something I heard you guys say earlier in the podcast, which is, you know, we don't go to church for what's there mm -hmm. other than to make sure God is present. Um, one thing I can say for myself that a lot of people can't say is that if you're not rooted and grounded in God and his word, things like this can can literally kill you. Mm -hmm. I thank God that I grew up in the church. I thank God that my relationship with God is strong because this literally has the potential to bring you all the way down. And even now I'm in a spiritual battle, but I think that is because I've decided, you know, I can't stay unchurched not only for myself, but also for my son. I want my son to have that, that, that Christian foundation, that godly foundation that I have because trying times are coming and we have to know where our refuge is. We have to know where we can go. And that is, that is, you know, the God that we serve. And so that's, pretty much the hurt that I experienced um throughout that throughout that time in my life it's can you recover yes mm -hmm. is it difficult yes um but when you believe in the God that we serve you know the impossible is possible and you just have to exercise your faith to continue to push through right have you gone back to the church that you left? Back to my son's godfather's church um, every Sunday, just so that word can continue to strengthen us. Because I think at the end of the day, and I think, Brandy, you said it, and Ken, you said it too, when you separate yourself from that kind of fellowship, mm -hmm. the enemy has an opportunity to get in between you and God, yeah, and he'll he continue ready. to D. draw a wedge, draw a wedge, mm -hmm. draw a wedge, and then you'll find yourself not yourself anymore and you'll be wondering why what's going on and it's because you've been disconnected from the source and you don't even recognize it or realize it and for me the moment I started feeling not jovial not happy I knew something was wrong I gotta get back connected to the source yeah and it's so crazy that you said um you mentioned how you know you haven't been to church in a while and it's important to be in church because that is your covering um and I, you know god calls us to be a part of a church to be the church um and so in my mind i was like well maybe if i can just like skip out on church a couple of sundays and you know listen to you know my travis green or listen to you know my peeps on youtube um that that'd be enough but 
I don't think it'll be enough because for me, like I have that throughout the week and then I always get to go into like this great physical, tangible atmosphere where I can experience God for myself. And so for me, I think that's a big reason why I'm just like, girl, stop. Like you just need to go to church until you figure it out. Because at the end of the day, it's not about a single person that's in there. It's about you know, your soul, your relationship. And obviously you don't want to be under the wrong covering, but it is important to be covered. So I know you touched on this a little bit, but you know, you just, you just shared a lot, you know, and this is very heavy. Right. (laughs) How, you know, not ignoring like the pain because pain is a real thing. Like what was your initial like reactions to all this stuff? Um, with the rumor uh, it happened on my birthday. <laughs> oh, wait a minute! <laughs> yeah, I was. I went to a. I went to a meeting for my birthday, and they asked to meet with me. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, maybe this is my initiation back into, you know, full on ministry. And that's what they hit me with. And it was it was hurtful because my son's godfather is my surrogate brother. You know, my brother passed away ten years ago this year, and. When I met Bluen, God just said, I told you I would give you another brother. And there he was. And so it was just really, really frustrating. It was hurtful that I didn't get a chance to say, this is not true. I didn't get a chance to say, who said this? It was just, this is what was said. And this is the result. That's it. Case closed. And so, um, like I said earlier, there's no character recovery from that. If if the next person gets mad at me or for whatever reason or somebody thinks this is a joke, then they can just do this. And I just have to take it. And nobody should ever be a part of any organization where they don't feel secure in the policies and the practices that are going on in that organization. Not to mention, I have a child. So if I stay... Here, this rumor is out here about myself and my son's godfather. How is he going to respond to that when he gets older? And, you know, people aren't aren't trying to, are they trying to do something malicious to me or to his godfather's character? It's, it's almost like you just need to pull yourself away from that and just regroup. And the idea was, let me go find somewhere else that's different, that's fresh, that's more, um, less traditional, more appealing to the fact that I'm a young adult. Well, not a young adult, but young enough, (laughs) (laughs) young enough. And my, 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 my son, my young son. So that didn't too much go as planned, but at least we, we tried. And so I heard you mention earlier that you said you weren't able to like say anything or defend yourself. Um, And so one thing that I was reading um, about how to handle church hurt, you know, a big thing, a big thing that I've been seeing is do not retaliate. Mm -hmm. And so a scripture that was mentioned was Matthew 5, uh, 38 through 39, which says, um, You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. 
<laughs> right. You know, sometimes, you know, God's word is so good, but sometimes you be like, Jesus, like, do you really expect me <laughs> to, in all my humanness right. to be able to allow a person to just punch me in the face and I just ignore it. Be like, you know what? That wasn't hard enough. How about you punch me on this side? You know what I mean? That's almost kind of what that feels like when you're going through a moment like you were. But even in that moment, although you probably weren't thinking about being obedient to God or even if it wasn't on purpose that you didn't get to ask those questions, you were still being obedient to God. You know, because that could have caused more confusion. Mm -hmm. Right. She definitely could have responded or reacted a totally different way. She has to tell that church down. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Especially with when you're talking about someone's character, right? Like, mm-hmm. so that's your name is all you have. I say that all the time. Like, that's all you have. Mm-hmm. And to be in ministry and to want to go different places, that's so easy to tame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she could have definitely told that church up. <laughs> right. And the crazy thing, you know, is, is humans, we're creatures of habit. So to be in a place your whole life, it's like so much of who you are is connected to that. And so although it's easy to say we're only focused on God, the reality is we're living in the natural and we're connected to other humans. Mm-hmm. So it is a real hurt when people come against you and you do have to figure out how do I handle this? And it's really just like keeping your eye, like getting tunnel vision, keeping your eye on God. And I think that just comes with a level of spiritual maturity. Right. Because I don't think that, you know, if this were five years ago, I would still, like, I would have been able to respond to this situation, like, the way that I am. Like, you know, I may have just ran for the hills and never looked back, you know, and no telling where I would end up a year later. Not church hair, not comb, just life ain't right, you know. So <laughs> you gonna comb your hair, right? So <laughs> not right. Uh, you know, so I think that's the challenge. That's why church is such a big deal because we are, as humans, relationships are so important. So we automatically connect to people without trying to separate the person from the behavior, and then God, like this. Three total different things. Right. You know? Well, that's interesting because the scripture tells us that, um, and it, it's, it's the most beautiful, simple prayer that Jesus prayed to God while he was on earth. And he said, Father, I pray they be as one as you and I are as one. That's what God wants for us. Mm-hmm. He wants us to have relationships with each other. And and that's, that's the part of the fellowship. Um, church itself is just a group of called out people who are not the same who are not normal who are not um regular they've been uh they've been blessed Mm -hmm. and so they're called out to assemble together in in common fellowship we all believe in the same god we all believe that christ died and because we share that common belief we can um assemble together and and build our faith based on our testimonies like that's the whole purpose of church but there's the relationships that we build that are also a part of the purpose of church you should go to church and you should not have tunnel vision you should accept everybody you see you should foster some sort of connection with them because the truth of the matter is the blood that covers me is the blood that covers Mm -hmm. you is the blood that covers you and so that makes us family anyway Right. 
But when you got a pastor that's not doing what he's supposed to do or he's preaching one thing and doing something else, things like that make it difficult mm-hmm. for that connection to even occur, for it to even happen. Because, and that's not just I say the pastor because that's the leader, but that happens with members as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen situations where a young mother comes into the church and the elder lady of the church feels like she's X, Y, and Z. And so they shun her in a way and you never see her again. And not only is that a potential member that may have been a potential soul to save, mm-hmm. like we just, sometimes we use God's church for our own whipping whipping post. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's not right. We lose more than we gain when we do that. Right. right. So, Robin, as a pastor, like, how can we, as a church, do better about, I mean, because we're in a new day and age. I mean, I've heard, I've literally grown up in a church where it was traditional. Girls were wore dresses, skirts, no pants. You know, you put your chapel cap on for communion. Mm-hmm. Like, everything was by the book. Like, how do we get you know, the elders of the church to accept, come as you are, um, accept me for where I am and not shun these people for coming to church and trying to establish that relationship. I think we have to remember what Paul says in Romans 3 and 23. He says, we all have fallen short of God's glory. Um, A lot of times when we come into salvation, and we come into this newness of life, we forget the old man. And I don't think it's ever been God's intent to forget the old man, not for us. The Bible says that he said he would not remember our sins anymore. But it's never for us to forget where we came from. And I think sometimes we come into this this, this sense of salvation or this sense of sanctimonious, you know, I'm, I'm sacred and, and I'm holy and we forget where we come from. So you have an elderly lady. Um, as a matter of fact, there was one in my church that would always get on the young girls because as time progressed, the dresses got shorter and yeah. shorter and shorter. And it was the style. I right. mean, the same as in the 70s. It was the style. But she would uh, always have something to say. And I remember my grandmother saying one day, you know, I remember when she was out there, had doing what she wanted to do and it it's almost like it's all like being a teacher you know my students do things that I used to do that's not my job to judge them for what they're doing it's my job to show them a different way so with the elderly lady in the church it's not your job to to you know shun these young ladies for wearing short dresses or something like that but show them a different way it's there there are ways for us to maintain order in the church without discouraging somebody or without um, making somebody feel bad. You don't want to ever do that because you don't want God to do that to you. Mm -hmm. And how we treat each other should be how God treats us. So when I do wrong or when I'm not up to snuff, God doesn't take his, his hand off of me. He uses the Holy Spirit to show me a different way. And so I think as a congregation or as a body of believers, that's what we have to do. We have to come into the knowledge of we're no better than anybody else. And the Bible says even on our best day, we're still filthy 
especially if we don't have the blood of Jesus covering us. So instead of saying, oh, you can't come to church like this, why not bring that person another style or show them another another avenue, another venue? Girl, don't wear your club clothes. Come on, put on some jeans or something like that. Like, you look like you just came from the club. And there's nothing wrong with that because you're still inviting that person in. I don't want you to go home and never come back. I want you to come back, but... You know, that's got to be a little shorter. I mean, it's got to be a little longer, you know, or something like that. (laughs) Make it shorter. Turn up. (laughs) And I think that's just like the, I feel like that's what Jesus wanted us to do as a church. I mean, that's a part of accepting people. I mean, over time, obviously, you want people to know, like, what's appropriate for church and what's not. But I personally would never, like, judge a person how they're dressed. Because that may be the first time they have walked into church. I don't know what they're going through. What they do not want to hear at that moment is what they have on. Because I don't know what it took for them to get there. And so, I think that, you know, obviously, God um, gives us instruction about how to do things. And there are consequences when we don't do certain things. You know, I don't want to make it seem like there aren't consequences for certain behaviors or certain things that we do. But everything about God is laced in love. And I think for me, like, that's the most important message, that it's all laced in love. Like, I may have to have a consequence for something, but I know at the end of the day, it's all in love. I'm not being rejected. I'm being taught a lesson. Uh, And then arms are still open wide. And I think that's why, you know, that realization or lack of the realization, I guess, is why people kind of move away from the church because a lot of things aren't laced in love right like it's just people making judgments on you and they don't know your journey and like you said forgetting their own journey i mean huh if time could tell yeah right walls could talk right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so none of us are above you know anything and all of us in the church are human and perfectly flawed you know, nobody's perfect. There's always going to be something that I don't like about something. I think that's where we have to practice more grace for each other. Um, and just the biggest thing, again, is just walking in love and accepting people. But again, make sure you're a part of the right fit. You know what I mean? Like, don't just be in a church and it's not for you. Because I feel like that's a separate issue as well. I mean, if the past are shady and the people won't let you serve <laughs> and you don't know where your uh, collection money is going, Mm-mm. then, hey, you might want to get out of church, <laughs> right? Nah. But, you know, it might be a place where the pastor makes a mistake, but still the atmosphere is laced in love. Forgive, like, move on. But remember, at the end of the day, it's about your relationship with God. And I think it, it was totally right what you said about um, how God does want us to be representations of him. Mm-hmm. But because we are really flawed, <laughs> that's, you know, kind of hard for us to connect to when people do us wrong um, or say something we don't like. So, yeah, this is great. I know. Thank you for coming, <laughs> sharing that great me. experience with us. It no was problem. totally awesome. Thank you for being totally open because it's such a vulnerable topic um, and we could probably go on and on just in so many directions uh, because everybody's experience is so different and they're all very real. Um, But what I will say, what I do know is important just to go back to 
don't be left uncovered, as Robin says, for too long. Uh, because the devil is ready, okay? He is, like, doing, like, how they do uh, double dutch. He is just, like, <laughs> he is ready. He's, like, tag me in, tag right, me right. in, tag me don't in. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to jump in. No tag. <laughs> so, again, thank you, Robbie Lou. And we'll be right back with our final thoughts. Hey, it's Brand with the final thought. Church hurt can come in all different forms. As believers, we must remember to walk in love and not put our trust in man. Always be that shining light that draws souls to God. I'd like to share with you a scripture, Ephesians 6 and 7. Serve wholeheartedly as if you are serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Until next time, remember, God is always in the details. Hey, y'all. Check us out on Instagram at God and Lemonade or email your questions to godandlemonade at gmail.com.